We live in a time where masculinity is shamed and men don't know what it means to be a man. As a pastor and counselor, I've spent the better part of my life equipping and training others. My goal with this show is to translate my hard-earned experience into tools and tactics to help you become stronger as a man. This is the Brave Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Bellant. All right, men, welcome back to the Brave Co. Podcast. This week, I'm super excited to have my good friend, Rich Gordon, on here. Rich, thank you so much for coming. What a privilege. Well, you don't sound like me, um, and it's because <laughs> you're not. You are from South Africa. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk just a little bit about your past, but um, I'll do just a short intro, and anything I don't get, you can add to it. I'm so, excited to hear your intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you're the spiritual life director at Bethel Tech, and maybe you can just explain just really quick what Bethel Tech is, because you'll do it much better than I will. Okay. Yeah, it's the first faith-based coding camp that's we've ever that anyone's ever done. So it's a first of its kind where we marry revival and we marry software development. Wow. We take people that have never, ever coded before. In nine months, we teach them how to code, but then we don't just put a skill in their hand. We go through a revival journey with them, an internal journey, so they get legacy in their hand and legacy on their heart. And then they launch them off and then they are getting jobs average salary starting about seventy thousand dollars wow so you got stories from people going from trailer to six-figure salary in like a year and a half and you guys have one story that i heard of a guy who was homeless was oh, yeah. that not true that came through yeah uh, bethel yeah. tech and yeah it, like completely turned his life around yeah he uh was homeless and then was in the mission and uh, turned his life around, got a skill, and now has a seventy, eighty thousand dollar job. That's ridiculous. Yeah, quite wild. Though. Yeah, so <laughs> wild. So I love what you guys are doing. I mean, bringing the kingdom, pairing kingdom and like a real skill set together is brilliant. And I think mm. a lot of people are looking for that. You know, if there's guys out here that are listening to this that are like, "Man, my job sucks. I hate painting." Or, I mean, get a skill set, right? Like, come do nine months. Yeah. Do the full stack, I think there is what you, you guys go. call it. Yeah. There we go. Do the full stack and uh, earn a living and grow in spiritual health yes. and maturity and, and do it with uh, Bethel Tech. So that's a, just a shameless plug. You, what okay. you guys have done there is Thanks, really is phenomenal. You guys have been um, in some really cool magazines getting winning awards yeah. too. Why yeah. don't you just share that just um, for a sec? Top five boot camps in America for three years in a row, Golly. which is amazing. And then we were voted as the uh, best alternative to university by independent research group uh, saying if you like if you're not looking to go to university this is one of the best alternatives what, was your wife a part of that research group <laughs> no <laughs> i'm kidding you know what i love too is like i think a lot of things that churches do are really cheesy yeah and um like a good attempt Yes. It's like uh, the Pinterest nailed it stuff, like right? Yeah. Like you see a, you see like this recipe or you see someone like professional do like this drawing and then like you see the the mom or whatever that try to, to replicate that. Have you seen those failed, yes. nailed, nailed it? Yeah. That I like growing up in the church that that's like entertainment when, when Christians do entertainment. So cheesy <laughs> when we do music, it's just so dumb, but things have changed a lot over the last 20 years. And yeah. you guys are doing this at the highest level. Yes. And so it's just super fun. But 
we're not here necessarily to talk about tech today and uh we can, we'll get into it a little bit because that's your past and, yeah. and that's your expertise and but um you carry such a passion for introducing people to the supernatural mm. and not just god and i say the supernatural on purpose now a lot of guys who listen to this are from all different backgrounds and um we don't hide the fact that we believe in God. We don't hide the fact that we believe in the supernatural. I had my mom on okay. la, uh, last week or the week before. And my my whole past is riddled with these supernatural journeys, right? Yeah. Like demons and angels and manifestations. And, yeah. and it's just part of our life. And I think a lot of people in our world today grow up so sheltered from that. Mm. And it's not their fault, right? It's not like... Oh, you can control how you grow up. Yeah. But we're so sheltered from the, I, I think just the supernatural, even if I look back in history, I mean, so many different cultures from, you know, Indians or Native Americans to, you know, tribes in, in um, Africa, just all other places believed in the supernatural mm. and had lots of encounters with the supernatural. But in our day and age, it's like, man, if, if you, if you believe in manifestations, if you believe in encounters, if you believe in trances, can I even say that word on here? <laughs> uh, you, you, we get pushed to this like, wow. Yeah. You're like, you're like super, you're on the edge, on the forefront of Christianity. Yeah. But like when we look through the Bible, right? Like the supernaturals everywhere mm. in scripture. Yeah. And so I'm excited to have you on here and we're going to just kind of crack open this topic and so fun. and go for it. Before we dive in, will you just take us through a little bit like what when were you introduced to the supernatural? Was that really young or did it happen after you get saved? You know, just take us through that journey a little bit. So I grew up in Durban, South Africa. So in Africa. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I grew up not in a Christian home. So the first time I walked into a church, I was 17 years old. Wow. So I had no grid for uh, church and no grid for Jesus, the gospel, spirituality. Um, my parents, my dad has six degrees. My mom's got four degrees. Like? Uh, uh, university degrees. Wow. Yeah. And my brother's got four. My sister's got three or four. And then I've got two. So we come from an educated, educated background. I'm yeah. the least educated in my family. Yeah, my dad's got six degrees too. <laughs> uh, none of them are in education. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I came from that background. And then the first time I went to a church, I walked in to impress a girl. It was a Christian girl that I met. That's a lot of people in a yeah. church like that. <laughs> and she said to me... Um, are you Christian? I was at a party and she spoke to me, which was the first miracle because I was just socially inept. I wow. had no like social skills, especially with girls. Do you have social anxiety? So I had so yeah. much social anxiety to the point. I remember I was about 14, 15 and my friends, we were talking like, wouldn't it be amazing if we had a girlfriend? <laughs> and I was like, man, it would just be amazing to have a girl that was a friend. And, wow. uh, and yeah, so I remember talking to this girl at this party, which was like the first miracle. And then she asked me if I was Christian. And I said, I am now. <laughs> I said, of course I'm Christian. <laughs> and she said, well, how do you know? I said, because I'm a white person. 
Oh, wow. And so I had no grid. Growing up in South Africa, it's the rainbow nation, multicultural everywhere. So I thought white people, Christian, um, black people were either African traditional or Pentecostal, like crazy Christian. Wow. Uh, and then Indian people were Hindu or the lighter skinned Indian people were Muslim. That's, I was like, yeah. that's how it is. Yeah, so everybody's was, got their own little box. Yeah. I was like, I was born this way. I was born white and so I'm a Christian and I had no clue what it meant. The conversation went down the hall from there. And I thought, I've got to. What did she say to you? Was she like, you're dumb? She just kind of stopped talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought, I've got to win. I've got to, uh, you know, I've got to win this, win this, you know. And so I thought, I'm going to go to church. And so I could tell her a story like I went to church. And and I remember walking in the back of the church and it was a 104-year-old, more conservative church. And everyone was singing. And I felt these like chills go down me. And I felt something not of this world. And I said, holy beep, I think this thing might just be real. Wow. So I ditched the girl and I fell wildly in love with a man by the name of Jesus. Did you get saved that day? I got saved about a month later. I don't know if it was the preaching wasn't that good, but I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, welcome to church. They, they kept They kept talking about Jesus and I was like, I don't want this man. I want the divine. I don't oh. want this 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 human. Give me the divine. And finally, I was like, okay, fine. I'll take you, Jesus, if I can touch God. What, what was your draw to the divine? Like, uh, most um, people don't even have that mindset. I think it was that it was that moment I had, standing at the back and everyone was singing. I felt like I touched another world. I touched another realm, not earth. And like emotionally like, or physically. Um. Well. We are triune beings, so I would say spiritually, but then it affected me physically and it affected me emotionally. Yeah. So it was something I touched spiritually. Yeah. And then it I experienced something emotional and physical. Yeah. I just make you describe it because so many people haven't experienced anything like that, right? So it's like so foreign when you when you start talking through like you had this encounter, yeah, you had this this moment. And I've, I think the gospel is so intentional. Like if you look at the scriptures, it's so intentional. Every story, every moment mm-hmm. is intentional, building up to this, like even the genealogy, everything means something, the numbers, the like everything. And so I have this theory that our story, our gospel story is very intentional. Mm. And the way that he pursued us is the way that he wants to reveal himself through mm. us. So, so funny that in a conservative church, I experienced this, yeah. the presence, the supernatural presence of God. And that's how he wooed me. And now the rest of my life, I am literally trying to introduce a people that don't believe in the supernatural, a supernatural God to this, to the supernatural God. And that, and I, I've been thinking about it he prepared me for this. He yeah. was building a temple. Yeah. He intentionally chose to pursue me this way. And it's so funny. I'll I end up interviewing people too. And I'll always ask them, you know, how did he pursue you? Yeah. And you know Dan Farrelly. Yeah. So Dan Farrelly is the dean of uh of our you know our, our school here and about the school ministry, yeah. And he um so I'm sitting with him, I said, How did he pursue you? And he said, Well, through the writings of C. S. Lewis and J. L. Tolkien. 
And then I said, well, Dan, look at your office. You're the only office that is wall to wall with books. It's true. You are writing a Bible commentary. You're the dean over. The way he pursued you was through the written. And you are you are revealing him through the written. And it's like, wow. He was like, oh, yes, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's so true. I don't often think about how God pursued me mm. growing up. I think, too, growing up in a Christian home, right, like I... I can remember a couple of moments where, oh, I got saved here. You know, like mm. I got, I, I would say like I chose God at a, um, at a camp mm. when I was a kid and it just super cool moment, right? Like, uh, singing, singing worship songs at, at this like summer camp Yeah, and just feeling God's presence and, and wanting that. Right. And then like, oh, I'm going to give my. Like again, right? Like I'm going to make yeah. a new dedication. And yeah, I really like that. How God pursues you is also how he uses you. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so all my, you start realizing all the stories of the moments that happened to you aren't just for you, but they're for many. Just well, it's the best too. It's like, um, my dad used to tell me when I was young, he would say anything that you overcome you can now give away, you now have power over, right? Mm. And you can give it away. And so at Braveco, we always say like, you need to weaponize your story. So like, if you were stuck in porn and you overcame that, don't hide that. That's now, that's somebody's breakthrough. It's somebody's freedom, right? Like weaponize that thing. And I think it's kind of along the same lines, right? It's like, you get this breakthrough, you get this, this freedom over here, you get this experience. And that experience was not just for you. Yes. It was an invitation because it's your testimony, right? Yeah. Now it's this invitation for anyone who wants to partake of mm. what God's done in your life. And you're just such a catalyst. Um, it, it's fun because you are right now going into a lot of uh, places where it's conservative. Yeah. And take us through just a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I'll tell a story and then I'll share a little bit. But uh, I was recently in Hawaii and... Uh, the first time I went there, they invited me for a Christmas service. And I thought, I felt God to say yes. So I said, yeah, I'm coming. And then they said, I got on a call with them and I said, what is it going to look like? And they said, well, you're going to do two songs of worship. Or not, well, there's going to be two songs of worship. And then there's going to be a traditional hula dance. And then the teaching pastor will come up. And then you'll come up after that. And that's where we want to introduce our church to the supernatural to the move of the Spirit, to the influence of um, the Holy Spirit, to miracles, and this will be the very first time. And we're wow. doing it at our Christmas service. That's pretty special. So I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. And then they said, and you got 15 minutes to do it. And I was like, <laughs> so I started laughing, like you laughing. Yeah. And so that I, they didn't understand. Well, I was laughing, like, well, what do you need? I said, well, I need more time. <laughs> so they went away, they prayed, and they said I could have 20 minutes. So I was like, okay, great. So I get there and I didn't realize, but they hadn't seen um, the power of God move in, in this way. And so I get there. Had they seen you move that way? Do you know? Um, uh, yeah, some of them had come and, uh, um, and I, no, they hadn't been in a meeting with me. They just felt by faith to, to ask. That's amazing. Yeah, so they had known friends of mine. Okay. Um, and yeah, so... Uh, their Christmas service uh, happens and there's over a thousand people that rock up and uh, they do the two songs of worship 
the traditional hula dance. And then the teaching pastor comes up for 20 minutes. And then they, the leader gets up and says, okay, guys, we felt as a church to lean into the supernatural, to lean into the presence of God. So this is us leaning. We've invited someone that moves in signs, wonders, and miracles. Richard, come up. And I was like, whoop, okay, here we go. <laughs> you got 20 minutes. And But uh, I, what I didn't say is on the drive to the church, it was raining cats and dogs. And so the lead pastor's phoning, canceling the petting zoo, canceling the pony rides, canceling the jumping castle. No way. And he turns to me and he says, well, I think we'll have a little more, more time for ministry. That so, is awesome. So I went, I did go 20 minutes. Um, I got some people up that I'd prayed for the day before that had been touched by the Holy Spirit for the first time. Mm-hmm. Some well-known people in their community. Uh, one was a movie producer, another was an itinerant minister, and they both had like these kind of first time touch moments the day before and then i shared to the congregation it's going to happen again and uh and then i i think i jumped down on the ground to pray for people because i heard your dad had done that in our services here so i was like and i heard it was amazing so i was like i'm gonna try that (laughs) so i jumped down and the first person i pray for goes out into an encounter and the whole thousand person auditorium goes (gasps) (laughs) because they've never seen that before well, maybe some have, but for the most part, it's In that very new. It's yeah. very new for them. And then I said, if you need a miracle in your body, if you want to touch from the power of God, if uh, you want Jesus to, to mark you, I want you to rush the front and we're going to pray for you. So the pastor said maybe he had faith for 100 to come. 700 people no rushed way. the front. And for the next two and a half hours, we're praying for people. And they're weeping, getting touched, supernatural encounters. This lady had a tumor on her neck, six-year tumor on her neck, totally disappears because a local prayed for her, not me, a local prayed. And just miracle after miracle, and it just exploded. And then the rumors started getting out on the island. And people just started talking and talking and talking. Did you hear about that Christmas service? Did you hear about that Christmas service? Did you hear about that Christmas service? And so this was the first time they'd seen Can anything. I stop you for one sec? Yeah. What was the pastor doing when this was happening? Like, you're... We went from 20 minutes to like, you got a little bit more time. Yeah. The girl goes out and is he, and is he just like, take what you want? Like at one point, does he look at you and go, Hey, you've got the freedom to just like yeah, go two and a half hours. Like, I believe that the pastor, the spiritual leader is the gatekeeper. Yeah, so he carries the keys to the yeah. hearts of the people. So by him taking the risk to say, Hey, we, we want to invite you in rich. Um, that basically was the keys to say here's we trust you and then uh when he um yeah he was there and he was like i just trust you go for it so so he gave you more time while the service was going uh, i called everyone forward for prayer at about 20 minutes that's when the 700 rushed the front (laughs) and then we were like what are we supposed to do because he had faith to pray for every person but he thought there was not going to be 100 people oh god he was like he told the team before we're going to pray for every person that wants cool prayed. and then i looked at him and was like we're going to be here a while <laughs> <laughs> okay awesome but i remember in the conservative company not conservative but with those that are too, more new to the spirit yeah so fascinating they they love um then the charismatic church has got a rap for not being intellectually challenged, like intellectual yeah. about things. It's all about yeah. experience. It's yeah. all about feeling. And so... Hyper-emotional. Yeah. And so I think coming from an educated background, 
um, and having a educated back. I didn't realize, but God was preparing me for this too. Yeah. He was preparing me to speak a language with the people that say, oh, I'm not emotional. So then a lot of people are like, oh, no, it's even like a men, like it's not, oh, that's more for women type thing. I'm not that emotional. And, yeah. And I guess to talk that language, because I think manifestations are a stumbling stone for the conservative. Mm. Where, unpack that. So a, a manifestation like someone weeping someone feeling something someone shaking someone speaking in tongues someone yeah. falling down right whatever the manifestation is plug it in there for the conservative it's a stumbling stone they're like i don't want that yeah i don't understand it and i don't want it yeah and they miss the christ hmm. but i think manifestations for the charismatic are also a stumbling stone yeah because they start going i want that that's all i want and they miss the christ yes and in the same way, gifts, prophecy, working of miracles, um, uh, casting out demons, casting out demons, like these gifts are a stumbling stone for the conservative saying, I don't know if God does that still today. Yeah. Or that's only for a special few. I don't understand. So they stay away from them. They miss the Christ. Yeah. And the same thing, I think they're a stumbling stone for the charismatic because I just want that. And then they miss the cross. It's so true. And it's such an easy thing to do, right? Like, um, and I want you to finish your story, but it's so easy to get enamored by the sensational. Yeah. And and not even that sensational is bad. It, all it means is that you're sensing, you're feeling, right? Like you are, mm -hmm. you are sensing and feeling. And yeah. because like when... I mean, when we get in moments, there are these moments that happen where God, it's like if you've never been in the room, and that's what I'm trying to like help people grasp, right? Mm. When you and I, like for you and I, this is so normal. You could say, oh, I, I felt the Holy Spirit and I know what it's like. I know yeah. what that's like. For so many people, they don't have that experience. Yeah. And I remember not knowing what that experience felt like, mm. even being a Christian. Now, having been in this culture, for my whole life but really the as far as manifestations since i was uh really like 13 on 13 14 it's easy to get fixated on the powerful moments yeah and to start to pursue that right like yeah i want to i want to like i want god to encounter me i want to see a vision or yes i want to i want to um see someone healed or, and those aren't bad desires. Yeah. But it's easier to chase that than it is the man himself, 100%. right? Like, I just want your presence. 100%. And that's always been a battle. Uh, like, inside of me, on some level, is managing that thing, right? Uh, like, yeah. this desire to, like, I just want to pursue this thing. And then, like, oh, okay, in a relationship, this is what it's like for me. If I look at, like, a marriage relationship, it's like, I want to have sex with my wife. Like it's easy for me to pursue that thing yes. as opposed to like, I want to learn her, know her, understand her, yes. have this conversation with her every day. Yes. It's so my drives. Like I just want to be intimate with her. I want mm. the moment, right? Like I want the sensational moment with her and remembering like, that's not actually the goal. No, that's a fruit of, yeah, but that's not the goal. Yes. 
it's like um if you pursue revival often you'll end up with performance yeah but if you pursue jesus you'll end up with revival yeah and the same if you that can become the stumbling stone but i think Jesus needs to be the stumbling stone and the cornerstone. Yeah, it's the true. The one we get stuck on and the one we get stuck on. So how do people go from this place of, because when I zoom back and I look at our culture, Lauren and I do this a lot, I'm like, we're weird. <laughs> There's so many times where I'm just like, wow, this is so weird. <laughs> and I've been in it forever, right? Like, how do people get over that? Like, how do yeah. you get past that? The fear, especially coming from a, a background that one of you are either never seen it or that's what those crazy people do, right? Mm. Those crazy people, they shake and they bark like dogs and they <laughs> howl at the moon and which I've only seen like a couple of people bark like dogs and <laughs> just a couple. I will say that a lot of them just do it for attention, <laughs> but I have seen manifestations and I've been the one that has been really embarrassed by what's happening yeah. in me. Yeah. And it's just God like, how do they move? How do you, because you're in these worlds, right? You're helping these people yeah. experience it. How do you, like, how, how should someone approach that? Um, I think again, if you focus on the manifestation, you'll miss the Christ. And yeah. then in the same way, if you focus on the manifestation, you'll miss the Christ again. And I think when I, share a lot of my stories um a lot of people are like okay i want that but you don't like when i got uh when i fell in love with libby my wife yeah i got butterflies in my stomach when we went on dates my hands would sweat like crazy <laughs> like crazy and yeah. i'd be like oh no <laughs> yeah and my heart would just race i was falling in love yeah and when I tell that story, people aren't wanting for their butterflies in their stomach. They're not wanting for their palms to sweat. And they're not wanting for their heart to race. They want to fall in love. Yeah. And then when my wife, I remember on our wedding day in South Africa, we don't do first look. On South Africa, it's when she walks down the aisle. That's the first time you see her yeah. in uh, her wedding dress. And uh, I remember seeing the glimpse of her wedding dress. Didn't even see her yet. I saw the glimpse of her wedding dress. And my lips started to quiver. It started to like shake. And my groomsmen were all on the left and they looked at me and they all started laughing at me. And they, from that day on, they started calling me gums. Wow. Because like, my lips would start wow. to quiver. And I, it never happened to me before. Yeah. But in that moment, seeing my wife in her, in her wedding dress, it's like I fell in love all over again. Mm. And it looked like something because mm. love looks like something. Yeah. But I'm not praying that people would have quivering lips. And yeah. sweaty hands and butterflies on their stomach. I, you know, I'm like, I hope that you fall in love one day. Mm. And I think it's the same with what we're talking about, um, a manifestation. Yeah. And if you get stuck on the sweaty hands and stuck on the butterflies in the stomach and the quivering lip, you'll yeah. never find love. Yeah. And so that's the, if I, I can get a people to get past. Yeah. Because I don't, God cannot be worked out. Mm. So we can't, I don't think we can fully explain everything to a point. I think there is a mystery to God. And as soon as you remove the mystery, you remove the element of faith. 
mystery mm. and faith are couplets that have I to coexist. And so if you can't have that, then you, you probably won't discover him. So I don't like m- removing the mystery. Mm. I don't like explaining it away. You know, there, there's probably ways I could explain away through science and different, like explain things and be like, oh, okay. But I, I love a mystery element that invites the people to go, yeah. I mean, even the gospel story is crazy. It's uh, 2,000 years ago, a man died on a cross. He was yeah. raised from the dead three days later. When he was raised from the dead, a whole bunch of other people in the graves got raised at the same time, started walking around the city. Yeah, He was with them for eating fish with them. And then he floats up on a cloud yeah. into the heaven. It's the craziest it's story ever. And when you share the gospel story with people, people are like, makes sense. I'm in. <laughs> it is like, it doesn't. It doesn't it fully doesn't make, make sense. sense. No. I'm like, but for 2,000 years, the educated and the uneducated from different dialects, different cultures, the gospel is shared. And there's something inside of them goes, that's mysterious. And I don't fully understand, but I'm all in. And I, I love there's that mystery element. And mm. I think in the mystery, that's where we find them. I think it's hard, though, because there's a lot of people that love Jesus. Yeah. And love God. And I would say are in love with God and yet have a real struggle around the supernatural. Yeah. And a real, like this real aversion to it. Right. Um, and, and I think a lot of that's valid because. I'd ask where, why would that be valid? I think it's valid because it's like, there's a lot of people in our world today who grew up in homes where uh, love was abused. Mm. And, you know, when you grow up in a home where you're not loved, right, then you you want love, but you want connection from a safe distance. Yes. And so you do it on your terms and you do it your way, you know, and it looks like, you know, your marriage isn't as, as open and intimate as it could be, right? So you you don't share everything that you can and your relationships never go as deep as you want them as you really want them to go because of your experiences that you have in the past. Mm-hmm. And I would say in, in the world that we live in today, there's been a lot of, a lot of abuse, right. Yeah. And, and a lot of hype. Yeah. And the supernatural and, and miracles and signs and wonders. And I don't know that we deal with disappointment very well mm. as believers and, and people are just people, right? Like, there's nothing magical about Bill Johnson. There's nothing magical about my dad. There's nothing magical about, you know, I, I don't know, like whoever whoever your spiritual leader is that you look up to, like those guys are just men. Yeah. And when we look back in history, at a lot of the men and women, when I say men, I mean people who've gone before us, a lot of them made big mistakes. Yeah. Made big messes, right? They're following God and they're and they're doing the best they can. I mean, revivalists, when we look at the revival past, yeah. Those guys do great. They have undeniable miracles happening, undeniable supernatural stuff happening, and then they end up in like these affairs or they end up in mm. this like this mess, right? Their family's mm. suffering and they're out there trying to And so, I honestly think that why I say that it's understandable is because a lot of people's experience with God is their experience with people. Yes. Wow. It's their experience with church. 
Yeah. And church is people are broken. Yeah. And I'm not saying everybody's broken. Yeah. But people are broken. And that's why we need a savior. Yes. And it's very hard for people to separate mm. God and God's love for them and God's desires for them and God's experiences and this leader or these church people who didn't handle yes. me in my pain very well, yes. who didn't take care of me. And so therefore we throw everything out, right? We yes. just go like, I don't want a God like that. hundred percent. I don't want a God that's just all hype or I don't want a God yes. that's controlling or I, want I don't the real thing. I want the real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the real thing feels really safe. It feels really mm. kind. It feels, it doesn't feel. And, and so I think that that's a lot of the stumbling block for people yeah. is the other thing too is, is naturally just by nature, the way that we're made, right? Our number one instinct, our strongest instinct is our instinct to survive mm. as human beings. And so that's why we love bad news. It's why we mm. love warnings. It's why we're addicted to, it's why you don't see news telling good information is because um, unconsciously when we hear good information, it's of less value to us wow. than risky, you know, be warning information. We rank that really high. So if you said to me like, Hey, it's really sunny outside. It's an awesome day. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. Hey, thanks so much. If you said there's a guy outside with a gun uh, yesterday and he said he was coming back today, I go, that's the only thing I care about today. Yeah. And so I think by nature, we are constantly looking for where's the danger and skepticism, you know, uh, keeps us safe. Yes. In a lot of ways. I mean, we're geared to look for traps and just, again, like this person's trying to, they're trying to pull a fast one on me or, Mm. and you see it a lot, right? Like, I mean, you feel that way when you go to a used car lot. It's like, (laughs) the first thing that happens is you don't trust the guy. He's got to get over that barrier. Yes. Build a relationship with you. In sales and marketing, they're teaching you that, right? Like they're teaching you like you have to build trust because we don't naturally just. Yes. So I think it's a combination, right, of the how people's past experience like converges with their own natural like, mm. but is this really? Because I haven't really ever been exposed to it much. And then the, the last thing to me too is the mystery. Mm. When we don't like uncertainty as humans, because again, uncertainty is is a often is a place of fear yeah in anything uncertainty in finances uncertainty in your marriage relationship uncertainty with almost anything you know we want things to be certain it's yeah. why even though you can't remember uh with accuracy most of the events that happen in your life you'll make up a lot of the stories to finish the loop yes so and we wow. do that right like we have these experiences that were really bad and we can't remember every detail our brain will make up those details so that we can, we can rest, right? Mm. We can, we can kind of, um, and not to get all intellectual about it, but I do really think that that's the barriers that people are experiencing, at least a lot of them. And what I love that our culture does really well is we're able to, okay, like, when you have an encounter with God, and this is why I feel like it's important for people to have encounters with God, it goes beyond your intellect. Yes. It goes beyond what you think. Like it's one thing to read 
for God so loved the world that he gave his yes. only son, right? And there's a ton of power on just the knowledge of that. Because I can go, I have a son. Mm. I wouldn't give my son for you. Mm. I I personally wouldn't sacrifice my son for your life. Mm. And, and I don't think that you would sacrifice your son no. for my life. No. So I can understand the power as a dad for him to go, I'll give my son yeah. for you, right? Like that that's powerful. So a completely different thing to be in the middle of worship, right? Like I'm I'm 16 years old and I'm standing in the middle of worship. I can still remember where it is today. And God, like I get in this moment where I hear, not audibly, but internally, and I feel I love you. Hmm. Him telling me he loves me. And it's like literally breaks me. Mm. And it's just this incredible moment, right, of experiencing both mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, right? Like all all encapsulated in this one thing, like God's deep, passionate love for me. Like those moments, it's like the difference between – an understanding again of being married. I understand why marriage is so amazing. And then experiencing, Hmm. I understand the convergence, right? Of this connection when I connect with my wife emotionally yeah, and then mentally Hmm. and physically Hmm. and spiritually. We have those moments, right? Where it's like, Oh my gosh, the encounter solidifies this like, it takes it from theory into a reality. Mm. And and I think so many people are missing that mm. in, in the church world, right? Like so many people get stuck in the knowledge that God's good, yeah. the knowledge that there's a heaven and hell, but we miss out on this invitation into experiencing the goodness of God. Mm. And, and the power of God too. Yeah, yeah. So I think I mean I got I th- this yeah. Go for it. As you speaking, yeah, please do. Um, you're talking about moments that have shaped yeah. your thinking, and I'm I'm sitting here even trying to work you out a little bit, trying <laughs> to think the moments that have shaped you yeah. to the place where you're at. Yeah, and I believe like there's an event. There's an event that happens in your life. Yeah. That event creates emotion. Yeah. And that emotion establishes a belief system, mm, which yes. is kind of basic psychology. Yeah. A moment, um, I'm trying to think of a moment like a moment where uh, you're rejected as a kid. I can remember a moment when I was eight years old. Yeah. Rejected as a kid. I thought this thought came to me oh, you're hard to love. Um, yeah, I felt rejected. Yeah, the moment where I was uh, neglected, neglected, rejected, uh, this thought came: Oh, you're hard to love. My belief system you established, like oh, and then I struggled with suicide. Yeah, and I think in the same way with the church, that's why I find often non-Christians are easier. <laughs> They're so much easier to, <laughs> to encounter to a radical God. Yeah, because there's been events yeah. where. Um, People have misused and abused spiritual authority 
or um, events where people have prayed and nothing's happened. Yeah. And then those events create an emotion that then develop a belief system. That's true. And that belief system establishes the world that you live in. Yeah. And kind of the assignment I have on the earth, I believe, is to go to a people that say, this never will ever happen to me. And like a John the Baptist to go into a dry place yeah. and to see springs of water just like burst and unblocker of wells. And uh, and uh, that's the first prophetic word I ever got. And so go to those places and then to see people have their first, their first, their first. And often how it works is an event created an emotion that developed a belief system. Mm-hmm. So often what God does is another event will happen which then rewrites, which invokes an emotion, triune being, suddenly your emotions get like awoken. I'm like, whoa, yeah. it is real. And then it shifts your belief system. Yeah. As opposed to engaging with someone on a cerebral, um, uh, argumentative way and going like way, yeah. trying to change something that's been resonantly set in stone inside of them through their previous past experiences, trying to yeah. reason with them to yeah. a place where they're like, but no, there has to be these aha moments, these aha moments that then shake a stronghold, what I'd call yeah. it, a, a, being where you held strong in that one thing. And then suddenly like, oh, like the 60-year-old uh, movie producer, he'd been on the island 62 years, very well known. He'd uh, He's not the crazy guy. Yeah. Never experienced anything like this before. I call forward for people to be filled with um, the power of God. He comes forward. Power of God touches him. He's shaking on the ground. I don't know why, but everyone's like, whoa, this is crazy. Because he was the least likely. Yeah. Uh, he gets up and he's like, my life's changed. Well, and as soon as you have an encounter, right? You can, like, uh, there is your experience your or your best argument has has no weight against somebody's experience yeah, yeah. and that's what i love about the encounter yes the right? testimony oh, it's just amazing they overcame by the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony it's the testimony has an overcoming power similar to that of the blood of the lamb so um, i want one more story where do there it. isn't a shaking yeah because often these stories okay, yeah, couple it. with like you know and then he was you know, weeping for an hour or yeah. shake, and then everything was different in his life afterwards. Yeah. The teaching pastor from that story I just told earlier, the guy that taught b- before me yeah. 20 minutes and then I got up, I only found this out a couple of weeks ago, but he was one of the most resistant to all of this stuff. And he talks about it openly. He just preached about yeah. it this Sunday, actually. That's awesome. And uh, he was the most resistant. Even in the pre-meeting, he kind of like left the room. The Holy Spirit told him to come back in the room. Yeah. And he was in the room and he didn't have a, you know, shaking big moment. But God encountered him there. Yeah. He left that place. He started praying for people to be healed. Never seen a healing in his life. This person with a broken ankle and a boot the, um, takes the boot off, is able to put pressure on the uh, foot for the first time in months and months and months. And now no boots. He starts praying for people now and suddenly they start filling, getting filled with the Holy Spirit and all these things happening. Starts praying for people and seeing miracles through his hands. And I just love, like a lot of people, def- again, they, they box it around what it yes. has to look like, the manifestation, yes. and they miss the Christ. And so it has to look like 
yeah. falling down or something. That is not the goal. Yeah. I mean, Jesus did not come to the earth so people no. could fall down. No, or what shake. Absolute, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a true. sham. That's where you get, you know, this, yeah. this hocus pocus Christianity. It's, true. it's like, no, yeah. that's not why he came. He yeah. came so that we could have an, we could be connected with him. And that often, I can't explain it, but, you know, when heaven collides with earth, sometimes crazy stuff happens. So I've gone on this journey interviewing people for about, I've got about 2,000 people I've interviewed where wow. I ask them, what is, you know, have you ever had a moment where maybe for seven seconds you like shook seven days, you close your eyes, you saw something you've never seen before, you heard something you haven't heard before, like this God encounter, but after that moment, Everything was different. And there are stories like just everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Seven seconds. I was just in Hawaii. There was a six-year-old on the ground, puddle of tears on her left, puddle of tears on her right, this little six-year-old. The mom runs over to her and says, what is happening to you during one of the meetings? And she's trembling, shaking, weeping, and says, mom, I'm in heaven right now. And he's like, what? What is Jesus doing? He says, he's healing my ankle and he just told me I'm important. And then she cries for another th- 30 minutes, six-year-old. Wow. So it's either after studying and interviewing people, I've come to this conclusion. Either we are all stark raving mad. Yeah. Either we are all yeah. making all this stuff up yeah. and someone needs to call the police, shut down the Vatican, shut down yeah. like yeah. all these churches, shut down because this is absolutely crazy. Or the spirit realm is real. Yeah. And when that gets touched, things in the natural just shift and change. Yeah. Boom. And I think um, I think where I have uh, been blessed is a lot of my encounters haven't just been in the church setting. They've had fruit that's yeah. seen outside. And if you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it actually... The most incredible uh, encounters that I've seen in my life, powerful, were in a drug rehab with wow. kids who were 12 to 16 years old. I was thinking because I went to 18. the same place. Did you? Yeah, the Alabama one. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I cry every time. Um, sorry, I'm fighting back. <laughs> because of how powerful uh, those moments were. So- Ahead of time, this was the first time that we had been to this place in Alabama. So I, I won't say it publicly. Um, we we're at this drug rehab, kids 12 to 18 years old in the in this place, which part of it's just like, man, if you're 12 years old and you're in a drug rehab, I mean, that's a tough life. Hmm. You know, it's a tough life. And so when we got there, I told our team, like, I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to try to get these kids saved. That's not what we're here for. So what I want us to do, we had this strategy that we were going to go in and just invite these kids onto a Holy Spirit journey. And they volunteer, like they would have to sign up to come, right? So when we first came, we had like, I don't know, half the kids had volunteered to come. And and so we would essentially just have them close their eyes and just ask Father God, can I see you? That's it. And then we would ask them, like, what are you seeing? Hmm. And 
And I mean, that's what we did. We didn't lead them. We didn't tell them this is what you're going to see, or this is where you're going to go, or this is what's going to, we didn't do any of that, Mm. nothing. And I was super clear with my team and dude, it was wild. Wow. These kids would close their eyes, right? Like he'd close his eyes and he would say, like, I'll give you one. said, father God, can I see you? And he's, he sees what he, uh, what he thinks is Father God from a long ways away. And actually, it was, it was uh, Jesus. Sorry. He sees Jesus far away. Mm. And so I just say, well, why don't you ask Jesus if he'll come to you? Because mm. that's what popped into my head, right? So he says, Jesus, will you come to me? And Jesus starts walking towards him and gets all the way up to him and then stops and he's looking at him and then he turns and starts walking away and i'm like what the frick like so many times in these encounters i'm i'm like upset at god i'm like you don't you can't walk away from this kid who's experienced rejection his whole life right like what are you doing so i'm trying to work out like jesus is walking away and i'm trying to work out like well what do i do now Hmm. And it comes to me, like just literally just pops in my head, can I follow you? So I say, ask Jesus if you can follow him. And he's like, Jesus, can I follow you? And right then, like I'm watching what's happening. I'm not telling this kid what's mm. going to happen. So I see him, like I see him physically like, you know, like something's happening to him. I said, "What? what's happening? He said, I ran and I jumped on Jesus's back. No way. Yeah. In Jesus, so now he's with Jesus, right? And Jesus takes them and they go across this ocean, which I don't know, it's whatever. They go across this ocean and get to the other side. And Jesus takes them up the set of stairs Hmm. and he meets Father God. Like this is this kid. This kid is interpreting what's happening to him. He's not churched. They didn't know any church, right? Now, when they, when he meets father God, these kids, he starts getting high. Wow. He's getting physically high and he's telling me like, I feel really good. I feel really, really good right now. And like all throughout these kids encounters, they would meet Jesus 24, I think out of the 26 that we met with. Wow. Met God in their encounter. Wow. Like accepted Christ into their life. Another kid. So I did another one of these encounters where we just said, hey, you know, close your eyes. Father God, where are you? Like, can I see you or Jesus or Holy Spirit? Whichever one I just felt. Mm. And so this one kid got led to this park. And in the park, there was a funeral happening. Mm. I know. And I'm just like, that's weird. Okay, God, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? It's this huge mystery, right? And so I say to him, why don't you go look in the casket? And he goes and looks and it's him. No way. And I'm like, shoot, (laughs) I'm mad, right? Like I think the devil has interrupted our time. (laughs) And then he, he he sees his mom get up his mom starts talking about him and his friends start talking about him. And they're talking about how he could have lived a good life and how he could have been a good man and how, right. And all these things. And it was, Honestly, it was the mercy of God showing him that if I don't change my life, this is yeah. where I'm going to end up. Yeah. And then the scene changes, right? And he's a, he's interpreting this. He's saying yeah. like, I'm watching, I'm watching the end of my life. Wow. He's got his eyes closed. 
and he, he ends up uh, in this graveyard and there's something written on a tombstone and his name was Jarvis. I was like, Jarvis, what's it say? And he says, um, I don't know. I can't read it. I said, well, why don't you ask God what it says? He says, um, it said, um, if you follow me, I'll change your life. So I'm like, I, at that moment, right? I'm in this spot where I don't have any choice. I have to introduce this kid to Jesus, yeah. which wasn't my goal, but God has led him to this moment. Yeah. And so I said, well, Jarvis, do you, do you want to follow God? And we had just a short talk like, hey, listen, God showed you the end of your life, which that wouldn't have been my strategy, but that's God's strategy. And he wants to give you a better life. Hmm. And he was like, yeah, I want God, right? So I lead him through the sinner's prayer. He's got his eyes closed. He's still in this encounter. I lead him through the sinner's prayer and we invite God into his heart. Now, again, this is a non-church kid. Yeah. I'm not telling him what's about to happen. I didn't even tell him his sins are going to be forgiven. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not in that mode. I'm yeah. just in the, do you want to follow Jesus mode, yeah. right? It's, so as soon as we finish, he invites God into his heart. He opens up his eyes and goes, did you hear that? I said, did I hear what? He said, right here, you didn't hear that. I said, hear what? He said, I heard you're forgiven audibly. No, he heard the audible voice of God in that moment, right? And I'm like, no. So then we have him close his eyes and he goes back into the encounter and all of a sudden um, this cloud comes into the room. I don't tell him this cloud's going to come into the room. This cloud comes into the room. In the encounter. In the encounter. Okay. So he's in the encounter and he says, this cloud is in the room. And I'm like, oh. Um, I said, that's the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And I was like, why don't you, I said, do you want, do you want the Holy Spirit to, to, um, to come into you? And he said, yeah. I said, just ask him. Hmm. And so he's, he asked the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit starts coming into him, right? Like the cloud starts coming into him and he is getting high, right? He's getting so high, <laughs> visibly high. And he's just like, he's in this other world, right? Well, here's what happened. So there was a whole bunch of kids that weren't, weren't going to come. They were super, you know, they're like kids they're teenagers, yeah. but they're just, they didn't want anything to do with us. Well, they start coming in line and asking us like, we want to get high. We want that thing. We want to do that thing because all these kids were getting high wow. in these encounters wow. and experiencing God and like they'd have glitter on their hands. No way. Yes. <laughs> and just, and so our team would get together at the end of every night, right? Because we had, I don't know, five or six different teams of two and three working with these kids. And dude, we'd share our stories and cry wow. every night because God was literally going through their life. So he was going through their life in fixing and healing trauma and introducing them to him wow. and giving them this encounter, right? That no one can ever take that from them. Yeah. You can't, no one can, can ever, you know, convince this kid who just had this experience that you didn't have that experience. And it is like... When I look at, when I see the effectiveness of a real encounter with God, yes, I see the kindness of God. Yeah. I don't see the like, hey, go fall and shake on the ground because that's the cool thing to do. I go like, if I'm God, the kindest thing in the world 
is that you would experience me. Yes. That you would know me, that yes. you would experience that in a moment, yes. I have taken you from your greatest fears. I had one more kid. Oh, this will be the last story. Oh, I mean, yeah, we have, I love it because I went to the same place. So I love and it. we have hundreds <laughs> of stories, right? Yeah. Between the two of us, we could just yeah. share story after story. I was in this um, one meeting with this kid and uh, he was, um, he was like a special needs a little bit, like he was on the spectrum a little bit, which was fine, right? And so he was talking about he had a ton of pain with his grandpa his grandpa had died, you know, and he was just in a lot of pain. So I'm trying to like, I'm working with him. Well, he falls asleep mid, like mid session, mid counseling session. Yeah. Just mid, <laughs> mid spiritual journey. He falls asleep. You were that good, eh? <laughs> Dude, he's snoring. And I look at my friend and I'm like, let's just let him sleep. You know, if he's, if he wants to sleep, let him sleep. So we, we just let him sleep for like a half an hour. We only had like an hour. Right. So, yeah. We have 15 minutes left of this meeting and I look at her and I'm just like, I guess it's not going to happen. You know, no big deal, whatever. And he wakes up and we're like, Hey, how are you? And he was like, something happened in my heart. Wow. Like while he was sleeping, he had this little encounter where God went into his heart, healed us the wound with his grandfather. Oh. And we started asking the questions like, well, how do you feel about your grandfather? And he was like, I feel great. Wow. And he just started going through this stuff. But it was just the kindness of God, right? Like people encountering God's love for them. And when we look at what's happening, what I love what's happening right now is, is you know, we have the revival that's happening in Asbury. Yes. And the world is being awakened right now in this moment. Now we've had other moments where, yeah. but it's being really highlighted what's happening in, it's simple to me. It's like, you can only, we were never meant to live in theory. Mm -mm. You're never meant to live in theory that, you know, marriage is great. Yeah. You're never meant to live in this theory that, you know, dads really love sons. You're never, you're never meant to live in this theory that like God cares for you. We we're meant mm. to have these experiences yeah. that experiencing your father's love, right? Like your mm. earthly father's love and experiencing if you're married, like, the, having the experience of being a husband and connecting to your wife yeah. emotionally and mentally and physically. And, and God's the same way. Yeah. And, and then we have this other, like this next level, right? Like when Jesus left us, he looked at us and he said, Hey, listen, you're going to do greater things than what I did. Crazy. So we have in, in our, in our culture, we have this conviction that we owe the world an encounter. Right? Yes. Like we, our job is to be Jesus, is to bring people into this encounter with him. And, and so I would say we are on the edge of what people would call like radical Christianity. Hmm. But it's only because we believe so much yes. in the words of our father. Yeah. And then on top of that, we've experienced it, right? Like we've mm. had these radical encounters that are undeniable. Mm. And then you leave with this responsibility yeah. of like, well, what am I supposed to do for the rest of my life? Right? Yeah. Like I not only did God tell me 
like these signs will follow people who believe. So it's like, how, what do you do with that if yeah. you don't believe in encounters and in signs and wonders and miracles? And then what what do you do with his charge to you to like, hey, greater things are going to happen in in. I mean, we have such a responsibility mm. as believers to bring people into this. We're either all crazy or this whole thing's real. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I went to the same. Uh, that was the first time I went on a missions trip. You know that? What happened? With Bethel. What was it like? Um, you pioneered that trip mm-hmm. and I came and I, I, it was so good. I went two years in a row. Yeah. And it changed my life going there. We did something a little different. We would gather the teenage boys and they were really skeptical. Yeah. And I remember our leader at the time said, God's going to show off and he's going to build trust. He's going to help us build trust with everyone. You guys are going to get words of knowledge and you're going to tell these kids what their life is like. Can you tell what a word word of knowledge is? Um, A word of knowledge is where God gives you a detail about somebody's life that you could never have known by yourself. Yeah, and you're not telling the you're not telling the future. It's not a prophecy. Yeah, it is a actual fact. It's a fact about them. Yeah, how they grew up. Like, and so she said, we're gonna get these guys in a room that a lot of them don't believe in God. Yeah, a lot of them are very skeptical, and we're just gonna tell them that God knows them. Yeah, and uh, He wants to say some things to them, and she said, yeah, and that's gonna build trust with them, so that when we ask them, hey, do you want to have an encounter, God encounter? They're going to be like, yes, I think it's real. Because he knows me. That feels pretty high stakes. You know, (laughs) what if we get it wrong? (laughs) And we get there and I remember my wife was with us and she turns to this one kid and she says, "Um, you, I can, I believe God's saying to me that you grew up right next to a railway track, that your grandmother raised you and that your house had uh, three bedrooms and and your bedroom was this color. And the kid jumps up and he's like, who told you this? <laughs> and you got like so taken aback and everyone's like, oh, what, what, what? And then I remember um, uh, someone else, I think I prayed for someone. I said, I feel like God said that you've got two sisters and you are like, and your dad wasn't present and you've actually become a father like even though you 16 17 you become like a father to these two wow. kids and he's like how'd you know that how'd you know that and uh um we started getting one person got somebody's their sister's name and like, it was like just like stuff you would be like either we're all crazy or yeah. this stuff and then all these kids started like rumors and talking like, whoa, whoa. and then like you said it started with maybe half of them and then yeah. the next time all of them were coming all of them and we started doing these encounters with them like you said they'd never had anything close your eyes god's going to show you something every time every time god would show up and he and take them back to like moments of pain and get them restored and like it was it changed my life those trips non-christians are so much easier because you know christians we have to get around our head we have to get out of this. Like we have to be like, this isn't supposed to be happening. And what is happening? Like yeah. non-believers, like these kids that have had trips before, right? Like they've had some whatever acid trips or just weird stuff. They don't have any grid for it. Yeah, they have no grid. And so they're just like, <laughs> whatever. It's yeah. a different obstacle to kind of overcome. It's that trust obstacle. Yeah. But with the 
Um, with Christians, sometimes there's a, a framework of Orthodox uh, uh, Greek, like, you know, yeah. Greco-Roman orthodoxy that's been put on them that says this will not happen for me. Yeah. And unless someone is willing to, in humility, at a posture of repentance, meaning I'm changing my thinking, yeah. or a posture of humility of like, I want to know a God that I can't understand. Unless they're willing to do that, that can become a stumbling stone. I think where the charismatic has, charismatic church has failed is they, they have this continual narrative, turn off your mind. Mm. To, so that you can engage yeah. your heart and i think for the conservative or the like yeah. they're like that what yeah. why would you do that you know yeah. and i'm come from an academic background i think i don't think god wants to turn off our mind i agree i and, and you didn't say that but yeah. i just know that's the narrative in yep. charismatic church i think he wants us to engage us in the mind of christ yeah and i think when we yeah, I think we do a disservice because this is interesting. I think the way someone experiences God is different. So uh, at uh, our church, often we'll say things, did you feel that? And so immediately we're saying, yeah. okay, your entry point to knowing God is through feeling. Yeah, emotional, yeah. And if you had a child, like if you have your kids and they went to school the school system fails a lot of kids because they only teach them in one method, right? auditory learning. Yep. Sit there, listen, and if you don't get it... You're in trouble. You're in trouble or you are communicated verbally or just by the system, you're not clever. Yeah. And I don't think there's any dumb kids. Yeah. And so if you go to a different type of school, they'll try different methods and then you find, oh, this kid's kinesthetic, this kid's... Yeah. They're, and you discover what the kid's primary learning mechanism is. And then you allow them to focus on their primary learning mechanism. And then the other ones start to increase yeah, around them. For sure. So if it's kinesthetic, then suddenly their auditory, as they start getting more confident, and uh, then their, um, their visual, like it starts to increase. I think the same in the realm of the spirit. Yeah. You get into this place and, for example, our church, did you feel that? Did you feel that? Did you feel that? And we're communicating in the same way as a classroom. Yeah. Feeling yeah. is the way that we teach. And then if someone's primary learning mechanism in the realm of the spirit is not feeling, they leave a meeting like that feeling spiritually dumb. Yeah, it's true. And and what, the, what we need to do as a, a people is to engage just like the kids engage people in what their their primary like discover what their primary is you know like some people just know that they know they walk in a room and they just know that they know they're supposed to start brave co yeah. they just i just know it deep and down inside of me i didn't have a shake i just know that i know this is what i'm supposed to do with my life yeah and to validate that to celebrate that and as we celebrate different people's expressions yeah then we allow the other learning and then suddenly they're going to encounter i'll tell you how i work i walk in a room i feel the room and god starts to speak to me through that and i sense his love i start like literally feeling a heart for people heart for like compassion yeah i move from compassion and i start to like sense his heart for people if I lean into that feeling, that gate, then suddenly my eyes will open up and I'll start to see things over people's heads. And if I lean into that, then my ears will open up and I'll hear little whispers mm. from heaven. 
I, if I go straight in and go like, what do you, and ask the question, what are you hearing right now? I'm like, I hear yeah. nothing. Yeah. But my entry gate, my, my primary gate yeah. is through like, what am I feeling, Lord? Yeah. And then suddenly, what am I seeing? And then, and so I think if we can teach people how to engage with the spirit realm. Yeah. And so they don't leave our meetings feeling dumb. Yeah. There's no dumb kids. There's yeah. no people that, I think there's a line, a lot of people it's said, great. I cannot experience God. Mm. And it's the same thing with a little child that goes to an auditory learning school it's, yeah. and then leaves going, I can't do maths. I'm not good or, at I this. Can't do, yeah. I can't do comprehension. I can't do. And I just don't think God, God has designed us to engage with them. Yeah. And yeah. I love it. And I love that you, you went down that road. Um, we won't go too much longer, but I do want to cover this because I think it's super important that we often um, put people in these classes of like super, this guy's like super talented or this guy's like, like yourself, for example. <laughs> yeah. 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 The highest level <laughs> or, you know, or this guy d- doesn't know it at all, but um, like connecting with God and being used by God isn't like this, it's not this talent, right? Like it's no. not this thing that's like, oh wow, some people are really talented. No. And and we can get into anointing and stuff like that. But I think just to make it super simple, like what's the entry point? If somebody's like, I want to encounter God. Oh. And, and. It's my people. Yeah. I want to <laughs> encounter God and I, but I don't know how. Yeah. Like what are some tips for that? Because um, I know that some guys will be like, okay, like I'm in. I like the idea of it. I want to yeah. get over my, you know, whatever I've been taught in the past a little bit and, and, and try some and work yeah. to live a supernatural lifestyle a little bit. What's some great like entry points into it? I think everything's based on belief system. Okay. So as a man thinketh, so he is. Yeah. And so you don't, I can interview someone, talk with them and or watch them minister yeah. and I can work out what they believe. Yeah. Because every action is attached to a belief system. Yeah. So if you want to see a different action, you don't need a list of how to's and what to do. You need to change your belief system, mm. which is Romans 12, uh, 2. Don't be transformed by the pattern of this world, but be, uh, don't be uh, conformed by the pattern yeah. of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't need a pattern. You need a transformation. Mm. And so... In the area of encounters, if people are like, oh man, that's just for, then they need to change their belief system. I know it sounds hectic, but that actually there's a repentance. Like God wants to encounter me? Yeah, like, oh, I actually repent, change my thinking Mm -hmm. for believing a lie that uh, this isn't for me. Yeah. Or I want to repent for believing a lie that this is only for special people. Yeah. And so you start to shift your thinking and then you don't want to just root that in, uh, you don't want to just root that in ideas that you hear on a podcast or uh, yeah. thoughts that come from a friend or that person's experience. You know, those things can be flimsy, meaning like when um, pressure comes on, you're like, is that really real? Did that really happen? Like, w- but if you want to root that in truth, mm. Um, you know, the most sold book in all of history the, is the Bible. Yeah. And it's this living, active, yeah. like it's literally words on paper 
but it's living and you read the same sentence but then it says different things and it's like i'm like wow this it's not a book and if you can root that in truth those belief systems in truth then you have an anchor so for example um in acts chapter 10 uh, verse 44 there's a story where peter comes to the gentiles to pray for them to be filled with the holy spirit in that time you had the jews and the gentiles the cool people the non-cool people at high school you had the the guys that were the chosen yep. and the non-chosen which kind of feels a little bit like the yep. encounter realm is the non-chosen it's, and the chosen we haven't changed much and that peter's asking the same question is the power of i know the gospel went to them but is the holy spirit is mm. the power of god is them and which is the same question is that available to them yeah and he has an encounter pork blanket comes down prawn cocktail god says go and eat the things that you couldn't eat before now you can and he and god was saying to him this is for the gen this mm. is for the non-chosen and he walks in an acts chapter um 34 to 44 he walks in and as he starts speaking all of them get full of the holy spirit and they all get touched and then there's a statement that has defined my life and it's in acts 10 44 god is no respecter of persons yeah the same thing he did for the jews he'll do he's going to do or in my language the same thing he did for the chosen yeah he's going to do for the non-chosen and if that can be at the core of my belief system i'll walk into any room and be in any place with someone and i hear a testimony and i won't say that's for them not me yeah i'll say that's for me yeah that is mine that right there god's no respecter of persons the same thing he did for jason He'll he can do, do for me. me the same thing he did for he can do for me come on and then suddenly um that's like this form of honor where you're like i can see that if you honor a prophet you receive it but comparison is the counterfeit for honor it even looks yeah. a little bit like honor yeah you go like wow jay you're amazing look what you're doing but deep down in subconscious you're going look what he's doing i could never do that yeah which is essentially it sounds like honor but it's yeah. comparison i love it but if we can get our place ourselves into a place of like oh no i could do what jay's doing I could, I could do, I could uh, um, do what Rich is doing. I could see encounters in the technology space. Yeah. I could see God rock up at Facebook. I could see God rock up at Twitter. I could see God rock up at Google. Like, like all these stories that yeah. I have. Like, oh yeah, okay, that's not just for a guy with funny hair. Yeah, that you know. And then you hear someone's story of how broken they were, like how broken you were. And like you know on the couch couldn't move your hands yep. like anxiety um uh, you know broken first marriage and then it's like god shouldn't be using you to be leading a movement it's true and then you start going oh he could use me too yeah. <laughs> he's no respecter of persons and you're like okay and, and so i think it's a belief system yeah before you're saying get in a meeting pray yeah. this much say this much but we've got to change the way we think that'll define it. and believe that'll define how yeah. we receive i love it i think that um to me two things one of the greatest secrets to um experiencing just the power of god is through compassion mm. and if if you can activate compassion in your life and 
um, especially if you're ministering to other people, it's a complete game changer. Yeah. Right. Because I, I think that judgment kills compassion. And, and so anytime that we don't have this compassion going on, we're in this like judgmental, uh, zone and the people that were the most judgmental in the Bible were the Pharisees. Right. Yes. And you see how Jesus handles the Pharisees. He's like, listen, guys, I can't really do anything with you. Yeah. You know, you're whitewashed tombs. You're hypocrites, essentially. Yeah. But like the opposite of that is you get into this compassionate zone where you are linked up to like the heart of God, essentially, for for someone or even for yourself. And Jesus did so many miracles out of compassion. Like yeah. he was, wasn't intending to touch somebody. Yeah. And then it says, but because of compassion, like, or in compassion, Jesus turns and heals this lady or encounters yeah. this person. And so I think that that's a, a massive key is to, to get over yourself and get into compassion. Mm. The other thing I think, so for me, I didn't feel anything or sense anything for 10 years. So I was, this is my story. I'm in, in a church where people are, you know, falling out, they are laughing in the Holy Spirit. They are doing all kinds of stuff, shaking. And it was cool. Like it was fun to be a part of. And you have a choice to make. Yeah. The choice is you can go, why isn't that happening to me? And you feel sorry for yourself and judge other people. Or you try to earn it. You try to work for it, right? Like yeah. I have to do this and this and this. And if I just do this, like somehow, you know, oh, if I yeah. pay enough tithe, God will owe it well. to me. <laughs> and that, that doesn't work. Or you just trust that you trust that God's going to work in you and through you how yeah. he wants to. He's sovereign. And so I did that. I just would ask God. So every service I got really used to asking God, what do you, how can I partner with you? Mm. So I would do that. I'd go to youth group at 14 and just ask that question. How can I partner with you? What are you doing? Mm. And and that's where I learned to cast out demons. Wow. That's where I learned, like, you know, that's where I learned to, like, pray for people. They would feel the Holy Spirit. They'd encounter him. Like, just so many different experiences. And for me, that was a game changer. Because at first, it was like, well, why are all these? Like, I'd literally be in a line of people. Like, so many times. For yeah. years. And somebody would go down and pray. And everyone would be just gonzo. And I would just stand there. And I would just find gratitude in my heart and mm. not let that be this like. That's beautiful. This big stumbling block. And it was a challenge. But once I conquered it and once I realized what you said in the beginning, like one, God doesn't owe me an explanation. He doesn't answer to me. I'm not on his agenda. Uh, or sorry, he's not on my agenda. I'm on his agenda. And he's a God of mystery, right? Like who am I to think that I'm going to figure out all of God? That's not even the goal. So I think for me, that was really helpful to just not worry anymore because I see so many Christians get so hung up on why, why is it not me? And, and they're, they're missing out on God using them. They're missing yeah. out on God touching them in their own unique way Yes, and just being okay with that. So 10 years. And then finally I had this moment where I, I felt um, the Holy Spirit come on me and I felt it in a physical way. My body began to shake um, pretty violently. Wow. 
Yeah. And it's really interesting. But from that point on, I can access that place. Wow. Yeah. Through meditating on God and his goodness. So if I get into a service and I get into this like deep place of meditation on God and who he is and his love and his compassion, like I will get that same feeling. Yeah. What did you feel like changed in you after that? I don't, I think once I experienced it, it became familiar. Okay. And I don't know. It was like this, either like this grace came on me or. When you say familiar, sometimes it's a bad, like people use it in a bad term. What what do you mean familiar? No, familiar like, um, it's like when I help somebody, uh, unlock their emotions yeah where they had gone their whole entire life with their emotions being locked up and then we can do some a few sessions and someone will literally go through and unlock their emotions unlock these things that have been hidden for a really long time it's like once they experience accessing those they now know the pathway back to experiencing that connection yes and so it's like i was able to experience god just in a new way yeah and i think too like i had faith to experience you know to connect with him in that way yes and like you said it's not the thing i'm focused on no because honestly it's like i could almost care less whether or not that happens to me what happened during what actually led to that is we were just in these crazy uh, ministry times, ministering to, to first-year students at the wow. school of ministry. And it's just like these crazy times of like the power of God moving, like yeah. visibly moving. And kids just getting touched and rocked and crying and laughing and healed. And and like that was the manifest. I'm thinking like, wow, God's amazing. He's yeah. so good. Like I am meditating on what he's yes. doing and and getting more and more connected to him and what he wants to do and what he wants to say and that was like the result of that so i think i go back to this fondness and affection and that's just what happens to me but i think if if we could get over so to me like if you want to open up and experience god in new ways i i think it's start with the invitation like god Mm. I don't, I don't understand all of it. Yeah. I'm working on changing the way I think, but I want to know you. I want to experience you. Yeah. And I don't want you to be stuck in this box. Yeah. What do you want to do with me today? Yes. And start with that, like that child, like that's how we learn to hear God too, right? Like we take risks and you and I have just taken so many risks that you get better and better at hearing at learning what God's voice is and what it's not. Yeah. Cause his first language, like my dad says, isn't English. No. And so it's, um, there's that verse. It's a, oh, I'm going to butcher it. It's the glory of God to hide a matter and the glory yes. of Kings to search it yes, out. That's right. God's God loves our pursuit. Mm. He loves this pursuit journey. And so I think Stepping into, like for if a guy was sitting in front of me right now, I'd say, invite yourself on a journey with God Hmm. and unhook yourself 
from this box of what God can and can't do. Ground yourself in the truth, of course, of the word of the Bible. And if you're reading scripture, ask God to reveal it to you in a different way. Yeah. If you're in a church service, seek to experience God in a new way. If you're out and about, ask to hear God hmm. or to, for him to show you, like, like fold God into your life. Hmm. And so we'll end here in a sec. Um, I used to go to like, I remember um, going to get, get pizza at round table with my kids when they were young. Yeah. And I would practice words of knowledge <laughs> just because I wanted to hear, learn to hear God's voice better. And so I wouldn't tell anybody that I was doing that, but that's what I was doing. So I'd be ordering pizza and I would just have this like thought. Uh, I think she has a little boy and he has brown hair. And I'll be like, hey, do you have a little boy that has brown hair? And often they'd be like, yeah, how'd you know? I'd be like, I just had this thought come to my mind. That's all I'd leave it. <laughs> I wouldn't even let be like, well, God told me that yeah. he loves you. I w- It was just for me, right? Like in that selfish moment, like, okay, yeah, I'm hearing God. And sometimes they'd be like, no, I'm not married. I'd be like, oh, yeah, sorry. That's <laughs> Sometimes I have these weird thoughts. <laughs> and, but for me, that's a lot of being willing to take a risk, being willing yeah. to look dumb, being willing to learn was a lot of, yeah. of how I learn. Rich, do you have anything else that you want to add to this conversation before um, we wrap it up? I think I love to pray for everyone at the end. Um, We're going to have you do that. I think I want to uh, communicate because a lot of the, the stories you've told have been in church meetings yeah i think i want to communicate that it's not just for charismatic meetings yeah i that's, hope it's not that's like otherwise we've missed it and we're playing church circus games yeah it's true and i think one of the best ways to kind of communicate that is through story so just yeah. a small piece of my story was do it after i got filled with the holy spirit for the first time i shook on the power of God for seven days very wild wow it's not the it's not the length of time of yeah. the manifestation that equals the magnitude of it yeah. that's also a mistake sometimes at the yeah. charismatic church it can be seven seconds but just for example mine was seven days i was conservative seven days later i was a wild you were a believer <laughs> i was a wild um but it was around that time i was doing my master's thesis in engineering i fall as i told my wife i'm gonna quit because it was so difficult I fall asleep and I go into a God encounter where um, I see the angel of the Lord hand me a scroll and then he's about to open it up. And as he opens it up, God says, this is a telecommunications algorithm for your master's thesis. Telecommunications algorithm? Algorithm. So like an equation for your master's thesis. And then it reads AODV and some other stuff. And then I wake up in a cold sweat and I go research it out. And it turns out to be ad hoc on-demand distance vectors, which is the shortest path telecoms algorithm in the cryptography space. And so I was doing my master's in cryptography at the time, which is where we get cryptocurrency, all that stuff. Wow. Uh, And um, it became the cornerstone of the book that I wrote, the dissertation that I wrote. And then when I would mathematically model the simulation, I would fall asleep. I'll just tell you exactly how it happened. 
I get stuck on the mathematical modeling. I'd fall asleep and an angel would come to me, hand me a scroll. I'd eat the scroll. No way. And then I'd wake up with the mathematical solution to, and it happened maybe at least 12 times in developing the mathematical modeling. And there was so much glory in the book that I got published in six countries and the military flew me around the world to speak at academic conferences and military. Because you were in the military at the time. I was doing research for the military. So yeah, we had a, a partnership and I was must have been 26 or 25, something like that. And I was in rooms that I should never have been in, but God touched me. And I think I love encounters, not because of the moment that's happening. I yeah. just celebrate it because I'm like, in nine months' time, there's a baby coming. Yeah. In you know three months' time, a business is getting birthed. Yeah. In six months' time, a ministry is getting yeah. birthed. Like something is getting birthed right there. Something is like because that's what happened to me. Yeah. Out of this dream, and then it says in Daniel eleven thirty two, those who know their God will do great things. That word know experience God to mm-hmm. know Him into like intimately. It's the same word. Adam knew Eve, and they bore a child. This like experience that birth something and and so yeah and um that story uh wasn't just a story i could tell now i became an encounter for the tech space that's amazing and like what god did in me he wanted to do through me and with many and so now we launched this bethel school of technology and how crazy is this we've been um We've been looking at, uh, uh, we started getting all the testimonies from our students of people that are getting downloads of code. No way. In their dreams to the point where we stopped counting the number of them because there were so many. Oh my gosh. And you start realizing, oh, what God did in one, he wants to do in many. Yeah. What God did in the chosen nation of Israel. Yeah. He didn't just choose Israel. He chose Israel so that it could be for all the nations. And so now we just have hundreds of students having similar experiences to me that didn't come from charismatic backgrounds, but came in and God touched. And we're pulling solutions from a third heaven realm into the tech space, not just for charismatic meanings. It works for emotional health, trauma development, incredible. One of the best healing um, methods I've ever seen is this an encounter with Jesus Christ. But the same for solutions businesses yep. ideas i remember driving down to google to do work with them and uh well youtube google owns youtube driving down in my car an angel appears to me on my left boom and this angel says you're going to meet a man by the name of daniel down there you're going to have great favor with him i arrive at youtube dressed in my wedding suit because i thought i was going to impress them <laughs> in your three-piece suit <laughs> And I get them, they're all in their pajamas. Oh my gosh. And uh, as tech people are. And they said, Come, we're going to um, take you up to the engineering lab. And they get me there and they said, This is Daniel. You'll be working with him. And it was so crazy. It's a long story, but I ended up certifying the very first YouTube application into an African based uh, product. So, the, you know, and like a smart TV, we have the YouTube app. Yep. Integrating that into an African based product that went around Africa. Wow, that's awesome. And but it became because I had so much favor with this guy Daniel. We should have never passed certification, but because I had so much favor with him, we were able to pass certification. So I'm just like sometimes we can put these encounters and we can say, Oh, that's for charismatic yeah. crazy. On Sunday morning. 
Yeah, on Sunday morning or you know Friday night yeah. at eleven o'clock. Yeah, alter- alternative <laughs> meeting. And I just you know Jesus' miracles were done mostly outside the synagogue. Yeah, and so I'm like, I'm so excited what God's doing Me too. in the tech space and outside in the political space and family. If it can't work outside of charismatic meeting, we're playing Christian circus games. So. And that was my whole childhood, right, is experiencing God at home, experiencing God in dreams, experiencing God in so many different other ways. Yeah. And, um, man, he just, like, there's such an invitation. And, and I think that that that's both of our lives, right, is yeah. there's an invitation for us to go deeper, to experience more freedom, to walk in the way that God's called us to walk. And... Um, yeah, I just feel like, uh, for men out there that have, that have kids ask, ask God, what would it look like to bring the presence of God Mm. into my home? Right. What would it look like to Lord for you to show up in my home more? Mm. And and we don't have enough time to to even get into that. We've gone for a while now, which I like, I'm stoked about, (laughs) um, but I think it's important. And what would it look like to bring the Holy Spirit to bring you God into my marriage? Mm. And then what would it look like to bring you into my business? And I remember when my dad um, was going on the journey of learning the voice of God. And <clears throat> I mean, he just practiced at work all the time. Mm. That's what he would do. He just practice at work and he'd come home with the craziest. My dad has some of the craziest Crazy. stories just about, I mean, everything from words of knowledge. About a car. I've heard them. Yeah. What's for, yeah. Put a hand on his car and then, God, what is wrong with this car? <laughs> God would tell him what was wrong oh, with the car. Yeah. So he did a whole season like that, right? He was a mechanic <laughs> at one part in his life. And, and he he went through this whole season of like, I don't know how to fix this. Okay, I'm literally going to ask God. And God would tell him like, it's this wire that's underneath this place. that Like this not obvious thing. Yeah. And my dad would fix it. And, but like God just wants to be in our everyday life. He wants to yes. be so involved in our everyday life. And out get out of the church and get out of our, our little boxes that we have in. But he wants to encounter us. And um, yeah, so this is a big old invitation mm-hmm. to that, to experiences. And hopefully you men will, um, that your faith would grow as you hear our stories mm. rich would you pray for us yeah i'd love to and thank you so much this feels surreal it was eight years ago i was in one of your meetings yeah where you led us on an encounter mm. and i had probably the like top three most life-changing moments of my life wow when my eyes were closed and you were leading us on an encounter it affected my marriage yeah it affected my confidence it affected everything yeah and uh and then I'm sitting here with you, ages later, talking about encounters. So it's it just feels yeah. surreal and just beautiful. So thanks so much for inviting me on. It's an honor, man. Yeah. I love you. I love what you're doing and and what you represent and and just the the walking, living like invitation that you are for people to encounter God. It's just incredible. Oh, thanks, Jay. So yeah, if you're listening to this, I wanted you to close your eyes and open your hands. Um, And I'm going to pray. Uh, But first, 
if you'd be bold enough to uh, just say this in your heart, you know, I repent for um, believing a lie that maybe this life is not for me. Mm. And Holy Spirit, I pray now, not just another prayer, but I thank you, Lord God, as people hear this sound, this frequency going out, it wouldn't just be my sound, but Holy Spirit, you would weave yourself into that sound frequency and you would touch the hearts of people. God, I thank you for every vessel that you have made to carry your glory. Every human body, every uh, soul that you've made to carry your glory, God. And God, right now as they listen, I ask that you would fill them with your power and your Holy Spirit. God, I ask for encounters in the night, ask for dreams and visions, downloads like our students have received. God, I thank you for Jesus encounters where they get so radically close to the Lord. And God, I pray that you'd put inside them such a burning desire to pursue the Christ above all things, our cornerstone and the stumbling stone. And God, I thank you, Jesus, for every person listening. Amen. Amen. All right, Brave Co-Men, this week, let's, uh, let's dive deeper into God and ask God this week to, to come and encounter you in, in new ways and uh, go beyond that place of fear and, and be brave out there. So have a great week, man. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Brave Co podcast. If you like this podcast, would you please rate it, review it, leave us a great comment. And if you like this episode in particular, share it with your friends and family. That helps us to spread the word. Guys, stay brave. We'll see you next week.